Hello and welcome back to the Mother's Empowerment Podcast. It's fall, time to go back to school. I've got some really great episodes for you as we enter this new season, and I'm sure you're going to want to tune in. I also have an upcoming workshop, and you can learn all about that on my website, isabelbridges.com. See you inside the episode. Hello and welcome to the Mother's Empowerment Podcast. I'm your host, Isabel Bridges, and here on this show, we dive deep into all things mothering, sistering, and humaning. Because the roles that you play are something you learned, not who you are. Let's begin. Hey there. Okay, so today I'm interviewing the first male guest, Christopher John Hills, and he is such a beautiful soul. I know that's going to come through in this interview. He's a poet, an artist, a counselor, a philosopher, and today we really talk about how we can alter our own beliefs and how a belief is just a thought that you think over and over and over again and how our beliefs influence our families. So I hope you enjoy it. I know that I did. Okay. Hello. Welcome. We are live on Facebook. This is the Mother's Empowerment Show. I'm your host, Isabel, and today I'm joined by Christopher Hills. Hi, Christopher. Good to have you here. Thank you. So Christopher and I are new to one another's worlds, um, but I really resonated with his voice around truth and freedom and love. And I wanted to bring it to the people that I care about, which is all of you. So, Christopher, would you just take a minute to introduce yourself to the community, say a little bit about the work that you do, also just who you are. And then the question I ask most of my guests is, what does empowerment mean to you? Yeah, so I consider myself a poet, artist and philosopher of the heart. I am passionate about wisdom. I feel that if we are living a life of wisdom, we are avoiding pain. And I am the co-owner and executive president of Radiant Motion Pictures, a film and television production company. I offer counseling services to those who desire healing. And I also have a nonprofit called the Christopher Hills Foundation that was originally founded and stewarded by my grandfather, the late Dr. Christopher Hills. Many know my grandfather through um, him being the father of Spiralina and a pioneer of consciousness and spirituality and writing many books, about 30 of them, Conflict Resolution, Food from Sunlight, just really an amazing human being. And for in regards to empowerment, what does empowerment mean to me? Well, there was uh, once a wise teacher that said that a young student came to them and said, or asked, what is the meaning of life? And their response, there is no meaning to life unless life is lived. So to be empowered is to actually 
live your life. And I feel that everyone innately knows whether or not they are living their life. And if they are not living their life to question why not and what is getting in the way of that. And usually that has to do with their level of passion for life. Mm -hmm. And so to live life passionately, to live from the truth of their own heart, and to accomplish what they set out to accomplish in their lifetime. I'm just letting that drop a little bit because there have definitely been times in my life that I have not been living my life to use your words. You know, I've been um, like the passion has not been there because I've been uh, focusing on the duties of motherhood and of doing all the things that need to get done. And so that fire, that passionate fire that like I, feel in my heart, it kind of went out for a little bit. Um, and I know I'm not alone. I know that other people may be feeling that right now, or may have felt it in the past, or will feel it sometime in the future. Can you kind of speak to that old version of me to, to help me? Like, how can I ignite that passion again, when I just feel overwhelmed and overcome with like all the things that need to get done? First, recognizing what that passion was. Mm -hmm. And then what it means to you. Is it worth it to reactivate that passion? Of course, you know, tending to your child could be a form of passion and is critical for the development and also for your own development. Mm -hmm. But I feel that there is a way that you can create a balanced, motherhood with your children where you can still live in passion and take care of your children at the same time and a lot of that has to do with how our society is structured and what we've been taught mm-hmm. where we fill our lives with these kind of minuscule things these little duties that might not be as important and might be able to be left out mm-hmm. if we design our way in a certain strategy that allows for us to really take care of our basic fundamental needs that opens up time to spend time with friends and family, but also to express your talent, skills, and abilities at the same time. Mm -hmm. So what are some of those? You know, for me, I see the way that our society is structured doesn't work very well. Yes. And we are kind of on this hamster wheel this rat race mentality of earning an income, providing for our needs, rinse and repeat. But if we were dropped on this planet centuries ago, and it was just us, and we were left to our own devices, you know, what would our lives look like? First, we would be like, okay, I need some shelter from the elements, and I need to find some food. I'm maybe a hunter-gatherer mentality there. And uh, I need to just provide for those basic fundamental needs first and foremost. And it wouldn't take too long for you to figure that out and get that established. Mm -hmm. And once that's established, you have some leisure time. Maybe you would sit by a river and contemplate and meditate upon what your life is and what you want your life to be. 
Mm-hmm. But the way our society is structured now is we're not taught to take care of that foundational sustainability of life. Mm-hmm. We're taught to rely on something outside of ourselves to provide that for us. But we exchange that with our time and energy. Mm-hmm. And when we think about it, if we wanted to create that for ourselves, we would need to establish ourselves on a plot of land. Land is the the life-giving force that can provide for us our needs. We plant our crops, we reap what we sow, and we provide for ourselves and our families. Mm-hmm. But the way our society is structured is you need to, you know, make enough income so that you can buy a piece of property, establish your garden and everything, but you still have to pay your property tax. Mm-hmm. And that little property tax clause is what keeps you in the rat race. Yes. And so it is a dysfunction of this free world that we're supposedly living in. The land of the free isn't so free when you actually use critical thinking. Mm-hmm. And so we currently still live in this strange world, mm-hmm. but we can be a part of the world, but not of it by beginning to head in that direction of focusing, how do I become more self-sufficient? How do I become more sustainable in my own individual life, my own individual reality? How do I take care of my needs for myself rather than relying on something else? And then eventually maybe you establish something that's more of a cottage cottage industry and maybe you have a beehive and you sell honey and that pays for your property taxes or something like that. Mm. There's ways to sculpt life to make it more in harmony with a natural rhythm that is more authentic to our soul and to our actual path as a human being. Mm -hmm. I I'm just appreciating this conversation so much. Um, And there's a, a part of me that is in resistance to what you're saying, because it's, it just feels so hard to be, counterculture. Sometimes it can just feel easier to do what the rest of the world is doing. But the truth is, and I know that that's one of your, you know, highest values. That's not true. It's not actually easier, but we're led to believe that it is easier. So I, I'm just so open to intentionally working through that belief because I'm going like this, I'm toggling between, no, it's too hard. No, it's not. No, you know, can you like walk me? How, how do I lean, lean more towards the, you know, the more empowering belief of I can sustain this lifestyle? Yes. I often say it's easier to heal than not to heal. Mm. And many people might think the opposite. They try to heal and they hit obstacles and it's frustrating and it's hard and they're not getting what they want. But if you actually commit yourself to healing, it's like carrying around a heavy sack of rocks. And as you work away at your healing, you begin to remove one pebble at a time. And then it gets lighter and lighter. And the lighter you become, the easier it becomes to actually heal. So the healing process gets easier along the way. Most people quit about 95, 99% to their finish line of healing Mm. and then they go backwards Mm. and most of that's a belief that they've been taught that they're never can heal Mm -hmm. 
And so beliefs are a strong thing that create the reality that you live in. Mm-hmm. And to question what those beliefs are and to find what you actually really want in your heart. And let that be the inspiration that ignites your passion to go out and create what you actually want. Because if you can identify that you're lying to yourself, then you can make a change. If you can have awareness of what you actually want in life or what actually is getting in the way, then you can do something about it. But if you're never aware of it, then you're just going to keep doing the same thing over and over and over again. It's like we're hiding from ourselves. Absolutely. And it's very easy to uh, go with the flow of the mass conscious mind. Mm -hmm. Do what everyone else does because it's normal, because it's easy. And also when you step outside the box, oftentimes you become an outcast and you become ridiculed for it. There's a quote by a, a wonderful teacher named Jonah that says, during times of your greatest growth is also the times some will seek to criticize ye. Yeah. Not to worry, beloveds, for you are simply facing opposition from those who fear change. Mm-hmm. And so that's an obstacle to overcome as well, is to realize what you want and to see that it might break the mold of our culture, of our society but to be a rebel and do it anyway. Yeah. You know, what I really appreciate about you is the clarity of your values. You're so clear. And I, um, I just appreciate you leading with your values. One of my top values is belonging. It's also one of my like core wounds around feeling like I just don't belong. And I think because of that, I often make that the top, make belonging the top value and um, become a chameleon to whoever I'm with, believing falsely, but believing that in order to belong, I need to be like the people that I'm around. Mm-hmm. Is it possible to belong and live the way that you describe, you know, uniquely? Absolutely. Oftentimes when we become a chameleon, we take on other people's energy. Mm-hmm. We take on their beliefs. Yes. We take on their pain. Mm-hmm. Because we forget who we are. Yeah. And we want that sense of approval. We seek that approval some, from somebody else. So we try to be just like them so that we'll be acceptable. But that just leads to pain because we negate who we actually are. We stop loving ourselves or we feel uncomfortable for even being who we are yeah but who we are is a gift even if that gift is to rock the boat that's still a gift even if people hate you for it it's still a gift i say only in hell will ones try to attack you and criticize you for attempting to assist them out of hell So we have to look at the reality of where we are at. Mm -hmm. Look around us in the world we live in. There's war, there's hatred, there's anger, there's a lot of very disruptive stuff. But the world can also be very beautiful. 
And we can learn and live through joy, or we can learn and live through pain. Both are an equal teacher. Both are a choice. And when one begins to realize that they have that choice, that fork in the road that says, I can go to joy or I can go to pain in every moment. Mm. You have an obstacle that arises. You have a painful situation that arises. You take a step back and say, well, what's the opposite of this to learn through joy instead? Mm-hmm. And then you offer the opportunity for it to come and you can choose it. And so many people who feel like they do not belong is because they are not from here. Mm. Far outside the box of most people's belief systems, but there are many souls who are not from this earth. Mm-hmm. But more importantly, every soul is not from this dimension. And so we fell from consciousness to a dimension that is here for the evolutionary plane of plants and animals and insects, for them to go through their process. But it was never intended for human beings. And so there is a consciousness, there is a land, there is a place that is for us. And it is the fourth dimension and beyond. And for us to return to that dimensional state is to heal. And through healing, we elevate our consciousness to enter back into that state of mind where we see things differently. We perceive the world differently. And the world around us, the reality around us, begins to change and adapt to a more fourth dimensional state. Our physical being, our emotions, our mental state starts to shift. Where we're more loving, we're more kind, we're more perceptive, we're more wise in our choices, the more we heal. So there is a pathway to belonging to where you actually came from. And you can do it while you're here. And my teaching is to be here, to be present, to be on the earth as you are as a soul. Not as others perceive you to be, not as others want you to be, but as you are. And by doing so, you open the door and allow other people to be who they are. And the best way to begin doing that is to release your judgments of yourself and others. And people can feel that. If you're with other people and you're judging them, they can feel it, vice versa. Yes. And any judgment of another is a judgment of yourself. Mm-hmm. So how do we raise children with this mindset? It first comes with awareness. If you have love and devotion and care towards your children as most mothers would have, hopefully. Mm -hmm. Then you want to develop a sense of awareness of how do I best nurture this child into life in a very balanced way so that you are not completely robbing them of their own individual freedoms and expressions, Mm -hmm. but putting enough boundaries in place where you're there to protect them and offer them wisdom to teach them knowledge and wisdom along the way until they developed and matured enough that you can set them free. Mm -hmm. And so you have to realize that every child is going to mimic everything that you are. 
because they are your offspring and they you are their authority figure in the beginning and you are their surrounding. So they begin to absorb everything. They absorb your body language, your characteristics, your subtle behaviors. They absorb your thoughts. They absorb your emotions without you or them oftentimes realizing it. If you have a fight with your partner, you are fighting with your child because they can feel that. Even if your child is in the other room, and sometimes even if your child isn't even present in the house because they are genetically and energetically connected to you. So if you want to love your child, love yourself. If you want to bring peace and harmony and guidance and wisdom into your life, offer that to yourself and you will become the leading example that they will grow into. And to allow your children the free will choice to develop as they choose. Mm -hmm. Hmm. It's feeling like there is a a midway path between being authoritarian, making my child do what I want them to do, and permissive, letting them do whatever they want. There's got to be this middle way of being authoritarian or some some middle way what respect and integrity and honor yeah if you set a healthy boundary with your child that protects them they might not like it and their expression might be a little bit rebellious against it but they're Mm -hmm. going to respect you for it yeah especially as they learn in the long run that oh wow mom had my back You know, I can see that my friend made the same mistake and their mom didn't give them the wisdom to say, hey, you might not want to put your hand on the hot fire. Mm -hmm. Yes. And so there is that middle ground of teaching like an like an elder would teach their community. Yes. Thank you for saying that. Exactly. We've lost that piece Mm -hmm. in our culture. The elder says, pay attention. Mm hmm. Look at everything around you, your surroundings. Look at nature. Observe what is going on. What is the wise choice in every situation and in every moment? Mm-hmm. If you can offer your children that form of wisdom, if you can teach your children critical thinking, then you're off to a great start. Mm-hmm. Especially when others come along and try to pollute your children. Mm-hmm. Try to take your children's minds and make them yes. their own. You teach your children critical thinking. Mm-hmm. They say, uh-uh, I don't, I don't agree with this belief system. Or they'll question it and they'll ask why or what and work their way through what is being presented to them. And oftentimes with critical thinking, they'll come to a resolution that says, okay. I don't like this. This isn't healthy for me. Mm -hmm. I'm going to choose something else. Somebody who's not taught critical thinking, a child who's neglected and is seeking approval and love Mm -hmm. is going to look for that approval and love outside themselves towards another. Mm -hmm. And a lot of those others that they will attract 
do not have their best interests at heart yep. and they will pollute your child. And schools really are not teaching critical thinking. No, they're teaching the opposite. Most schooling systems are squashing children like a bug. They're squashing the creative imagination of children. They're squashing the self-esteem of children. They're squashing the freedom and the innovation that children bring into this world. Because schools are taught to teach children how to function in society. Mm-hmm. society is a small box yeah you do this you do that you get this you get that but look at how many people are depressed look at how many people are miserable with their lives mm-hmm. now we go back to what is life what is the meaning of life what is empowerment empowerment is not being depressed and miserable of your life mm-hmm. it is living your life and so if schools are teaching children to be miserable or providing a structure that is not harmonious to their natural being, then something needs to change. And it's up to the parent to decide what that change is. And to work with the child and say, hey, you know, here's a different thing. You want to do this instead? Yeah. Let it be the decision of both. I like to say... We go in, down, and back before we come up, out, and forward. So the importance of like bending your knees as much as you need to, going way into maybe the darkness inside, doing all the healing and self-care, and then coming up and out and what grows from a seed that's just been well-nurtured and well-planted. And the fruit from that seed is going to, you know, be juicy and nutritious and all that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I want to ask you this other question um, about wonder in our kids. About how, you know, how do we keep the wonder alive, um, both in them and in ourselves? Yeah. Children are brilliant. Children are oftentimes open to a higher state of consciousness than we are nowadays because adults begin to shut that down. They begin taught to shut that down. And children have this access to why, what, how does this work? How do we make this better? Fun, play, exploration. They're always kind of like a a butterfly going from one flower to another. There's this beautiful discovery and, ooh, what's this beautiful thing that I'm entering into? And most kids, they want to go outside and play. At least when I was growing up, they wanted to go outside and play. These days, you know, the screens have taken hold of our children's minds, which is another topic in and of itself. But, you know, to allow a child to explore through love and freedom is nurturing Mm. a sense of wonder. Mm. Children don't need to be shoved into this structured little box of needing to do all these things. Mm -hmm. A lot of our, our schooling system, our educational system starts to take the wonder away. Yeah. But it's in that wonder that 
amazing innovations for society can be birthed. And in us adults, the best way to retrieve that sense of wonder is to go and play with children. Yeah. They'll begin to teach you what that's like again. Or just ourselves to go play with ourselves. Be creative, be artistic. Allow the creative imagination to blossom. Mm -hmm. Imagination is the fabric upon which reality is drawn. Okay, say that again. The wise teacher I spoke of earlier, Jonah, he states, imagination is the fabric upon which reality is drawn. Mm, That's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. And we look at the world we live in and all the things that don't work. And we have a limitless imagination that can think of a million different solutions to all those things that don't work. So we have to ask the question is, why haven't we applied that imagination? Yes. And it's not to try to change society as a whole, because we're only responsible for ourselves. That's all that our power is us as an individual. Yes. We can offer advice. We can offer inspiration. We can offer teachings. But the moment we try to change another and get aggressive with that change is the moment we have to see ourselves as a dictator. Mm -hmm. And we have to offer every each individual the free will choice to make their own decisions in life. But that's okay because we can change our own life in the meantime. And oftentimes when we do change our own life, we become a beacon of light for others where we show the way. Mm-hmm. So you start shifting your life, Isabel, and your children become happier. You become happier. Your spouse becomes happier. And the world around you starts to glow with health and prosperity, then other people in your community, your friends, other family members begin to peer into your life and they might say, wow, you know, what is she doing? Mm-hmm. Some of them might attack you at first, but if you persevere, eventually they might say, hey, I want what she has, you know, how can I create it myself? Maybe I can go and ask her, or maybe I can pick her mind for some wisdom of how she created this harmony. Yeah, I think this podcast is a living example of that. You know, my work really stems from my own heartache of not doing the things that you've suggested when I was a new mom and feeling so excruciatingly lonely and depressed and um, unworthy. And so building an empowering life for me has been um, an opportunity to then be a way shower. And I've been a finder of my own empowering path. And then now I get to be the light for others as do you. And as do you, dear listener, you get to be the light in your own way. And often it comes from this place of being in darkness. So if you're, you know, wanting to grow, um, And to find your own set of values that you can live by. Christopher, I would love for you to leave your parting words so that our audience can really feel like, okay, 
I, this is not just a conversation that I witnessed. I can actually be in action based on this wisdom. A quote from a much longer poem that I wrote. In a world that is truly free, all are well fed. And every man, woman, and child has their own bed. To sleep and dream as a beautiful song. And awaken well rested where they belong. Look at the world that we live in and begin to ask the question, what is life? But more importantly, what is life to you? Not the life of what other people want for you or believe life should be. What does your heart say life is? When you begin to ask these inquisitive questions about life, when you begin to see all the things that you know in your heart are not working as a society, people starving, people without home, without shelter, waters being polluted, skies being polluted, we begin to ask why. Why have we allowed this to happen? And how can I, as an individual, make changes in my own life to begin sculpting the life that I want to live and to stop relying on something outside myself to tell me what is the answer? To stop looking to an authority figure to take care of me, to save me. Mm -hmm. We have this concept in religious terminology not that I'm religious, but the words themselves, they lead to great imagery. We have this imagery of heaven and we have this imagery of the word hell. Mm-hmm. I often say, then the good news is nobody is going to hell. Mm-hmm. The unfortunate understanding is that we're already there. Mm-hmm. And heaven and hell are not locations, but states of consciousness. And if we can look at it from that perspective, we can say, well, I have the power to heal and I have the power to change my consciousness. Mm-hmm. And many people see that imagery of heaven as this grandiose location that has all of their needs, abundant food and prosperity. It's beautiful. It's, you know, most people can envision what that word means yeah but we were gifted with two hands two hands that can sculpt and build that exact vision Mm -hmm. we hear of the the garden of eden Mm -hmm. why don't we begin building the garden of eden here on earth on this planet right now We can construct skyscraper buildings. We can shoot rockets into space, but we can't nourish and feed our friends and our family, our brother, sister souls. This is the foundation of where humanity has lost their balance, has lost their connection 
to one another and primarily their connection to themselves. We begin to care for all as we see that we're not separated from all. When we begin to see ourselves as one whole, we can become an enlightened society. But until then, we must work individually on ourselves to sculpt the reality that we want to live in. And it's up to us individually to create that new way, that new world. And I would ask every single one of your listeners, most of them I imagine are mothers, yes, and to ask the question, when you were three months pregnant, ready to become a mother for the first time, and if somebody said, hey, I want you to decide what the world is going to look like, how it's going to be structured, with the wisdom of being a mother, of being able to nurture a being into life, to be able to create a being of life, how would you create the world? Begin to ask those questions. Mm-hmm and see what comes to light. Mm -hmm. And for those watching this uh, live stream on Facebook, I would love to hear your response to Christopher's question. Um, So please let us know what is coming up for you. Okay, Christopher, we've come to the end of our time. Is there anything else you want to say before we close? We live in an extremely deceptive world. Become aware, become wise, and aspire to love instead of to be afraid. When you face your fears, you realize that there is nothing to be afraid of. We live as souls for all of eternity, one lifetime after another. And we are here in this moment, this point of consciousness, to make amends with ourselves and to heal. If anyone likes assistance with healing, I do offer counseling services that you can find at lovelightrising.com. And I'm happy to assist. Okay, wonderful. And we'll have that in the show notes for this episode as well. Okay. Thanks so much, Christopher. I'll talk to you next time. Okay. You've been listening to the Mother's Empowerment Podcast. That's all for today, my friends. And here's what I want you to remember. Empowerment is an inside job. The only one who can empower you is you. Today's episode was produced by Brendan Lindsay. Intro and outro music are by Matthew Randolph. I'm Isabel Bridges, author of Daddy Daughter Day. I'm also the founder of the Mother's Empowerment Sisterhood. You can learn more about my work and join the sisterhood at isabelbridges.com. Did you enjoy this episode? 
Good. Then you are going to love Mommy Circle, the place where we put the me back in mommy. This season will gather for six consecutive weeks starting on September 25th. And I'm partnering with my good friend, Elizabeth Sauter, to offer Mommy Circle to mothers of neurodivergent children, teens, and young adults. Because parenting these kiddos comes with a unique set of challenges and joys. And maybe you or someone you know are looking for a community of moms who get it. And if you ever feel unsure about how to navigate the challenges and triumphs that come with this journey, I want you to know that I feel you, I see you. I know that parenting these extraordinary kids is inherently hard. And I'm not going to pretend that it can be all rainbows and butterflies all day long. But what I am going to tell you is that it's easier when you are surrounded by others who are in the same boat as you. But first, you have to find that community. And that's where Mommy Circle comes in. So join me on September 25th by going to isabelbridges.com forward slash mom dash me dash circle. I'll see you there. And psst, I'm offering a 50% off discount for a limited time only. So check it out today, isabelbridges.com 